45 episodes deep and counting. We're going to recap all the Indie Ball news in the past week here on episode 45 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. We're back again, episode number 45 here on the Indie Ball Report podcast, your favorite podcast for independent league baseball the number one source for independent league baseball news it's glorious isn't it it really is we'll get into the news and whatnot we got news on ottawa baseball there's some beef forming in the pacific we got uh, an update on the milb situation which is less of an update more of uh, some opinions coming from high-ranking individuals and whatnot and then a couple of little smaller stories that you know may be good for something i hope any case we'll jump right in with the ottawa update which means ottawa is going to be getting a team back and the target date is 2021 now this was a from the council meeting back in the beginning of december december 3rd so about a month ago the mayor is still in support of the idea but he seems to be coming to the realization he's in the minority there as a lot of people just want that lot however we will see oseg win that bid so ottawa sports entertainment group and we have a first season plan for 2021, like I had mentioned. Uh, the Frontier League has essentially said, if you want in, you're in. Although, supposedly, there are some talks with the Atlantic League and the American Association. However, I imagine those are not uh, the sturdiest. <laughs> They're tentative talks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they hope to get a spring office open by 2020, uh, 2020, spring 2020. That is this year, this spring. And this spring. <laughs> I know what time of year it is. <laughs> And what year it is? Exactly. I'm on the, I'm on the ball. Oh, of course. It's weird because this is the first episode in the new decade. So It is. You know, it's like the first time you have to write the date on assignments and on bills and whatnot. And oh, then yeah. you've put 19. You're like, oh, no, no, it's not 19. It's, it's 20. 20. It's 20. You got to cross it out real quick. Yeah. 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 In case, the lease will be a 10-year lease, $125,000 a year. I assume that's Canadian. There is also two five-year renewals. So, in I believe it would be 2026 would be the first renewal, and the second renewal would come five years after that. Uh, this upcoming, I guess, baseball season will just be host to other minor events, minor uh, baseball leagues, so I assume a bunch of summer leagues and things like that. So, nothing too major. Also in this, which was a big sticking point for the city, this new group that is led by Winnipeg Gold Eye owners, uh, the Cats, uh, former mayor of Winnipeg too, big guy, definitely a big guy in this space. He will repay the full debt, and he has said, I'm willing to spend to produce a winning product, which is evident. Winnipeg has been one of the predominant indie ball teams since their founding in the late 90s. Yeah, the Frontier League will expand by two by 2021. So at some point this year, we will hear about other teams. I imagine Ottawa will be one. And I think Old Orchard Beach would make sense for another. Probably, yeah. I mean, and obviously Ottawa here. This is a good news. If you're an Ottawa fan, you're obviously got a lot going on here. And you're going to want to keep an update on this and keep an eye on this because this situation is still very fluid and you know while it is looking pretty good right now and perhaps better than i thought it may have turned out um there's always a chance that that council could you know turn, overturn some of these things at least in the long term the short term although looks pretty bright um if you're lo- hoping for baseball in ottawa in 2021 at least also oseg's involvement this is more of a minor partnership so they'll provide some support i imagine it's more uh, advertising and things like that, more of that behind the scenes type thing. Right. And, uh, the cats are really going to be the ones that are really leading the charge. So 
I imagine a lot of this is also tied to how good the Winnipeg franchise is doing, how good the Ottawa franchise will eventually be doing. Right. The financial state of the Cats, because obviously if you're supporting two teams, it's double the load. Yeah, so. it's the, double the amount that you have to pay. And uh, also, if he's paying back all the debt, my goodness, that's... Uh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> then, like $400,000. Yeah, that's right a there. lot there. So, I mean, obviously... On top of the 125 a year. A so. year, yeah. So, you'll have to, we'll have to wait and see kind of where this goes. And um, and like, uh, like you said before... If they're paying for a winner, you know, they might be in good shape if they put a really good product on the field. If they struggle like they did when they were in the Can-Am League, yeah, they might not be so good. Yeah, see, my, my concern is more or less here is obviously out of the gate is when you really need to spend all that money to get them in, get the winning team in there, build up that fan support. You need to get them from day one. I mean, it doesn't tell, do you much good if you have all your uh, success in year two and three if people have already written you off after one year. Right. But that first year is where you're going to have your highest expense because you're going to still have the vast majority of that debt. You're going to have this lease agreement. So you're going to be dumping a lot of money at this. Plus, I imagine there's going to have to be some upgrade to that stadium. I mean, it's a bit older. It really hasn't been touched since it was constructed in, I believe, 93. So it's it's going to need some work done to it. Plus, there's not really too many amenities. I know on YouTube, I've seen various stadium tours of it. So, I mean, you only see what's shown. But... It looks like a pretty bare bones type stadium, not too many amenities, not too much of a draw. And when you look at everything else and how much baseball has struggled in the past there, you would think you need to make it more of a meeting place, take more of that Long Island Ducks kind of approach. Right. Patriots kind of Ducks approach to it rather than more of a traditionalist approach where it's not necessarily going to work as we've seen in Ottawa. So I really hope that they're able to figure that out. And I mean, if this guy's got enough money to put all of this into it, uh, put like you're saying, $400,000 into it to pay off the debt and then another 125 on top of it per year, he might have the money to be able to do these upgrades that are needed. Uh, so that would be my hope anyway, is that there's a realization by whomever takes over the marketing side of it, OSEG probably, yeah. and goes, well, you know, you really need to look at it as a family space. Uh, and a lot of these ballparks, like, like we've talked about many times on this show, need to be a family space where you can utilize both the amenities and the, you know, really good product that's on the field. Yep. And you brought up an interesting point with Somerset when you had mentioned them. Look at all the uh, updates and all the renovations they're about to do when yep. they did their Next 20 initiative there. I mean, obviously, the most uh, obvious one, I guess, is Ferris wheel there. The Ferris wheel, yeah. They have a giant Ferris wheel there. They have the, a couple of their uh, like bar areas and things yeah, like that. Yeah, they're going to do some other things. And it's all about creating an experience. Exactly. And that's what you want anywhere. Uh, even major league stadiums try to do that. If you don't, it doesn't work out. I mean, it's why some of these older stadiums, why the, why the Yankees ultimately mm. decided to do away with old Yankee Stadium, Mets try to do away with Chase Stadium. Some of these things were to upgrade yeah. the facilities that these teams played in. Uh, and obviously that's from a major league perspective, but even from an independent indie ball perspective, you know, if Ottawa does a Rockland, you know, yeah, uh, a true across the board. Yeah, a Rockland esque update where they've got other things to do, mini golf and all these other things. It'll be a place where it could be very, very successful. Of course, I mean that's kind of the given there. I mean the rules hold true across the board. Where the more you have, the better, and you need to keep people in the ballpark. You need to keep them entertained and the whole nine with that. Um, yeah. Although, one thing I would recommend to them, kind of just free advice for them, I think it would be a really good idea because that is a very difficult ballpark to kind of get in and out of, and only recently has the public transportation really been opened up to give them kind of that fair shot at it. Right. I think 
what Soma's uh, necessity is having one of those ride-sharing apps, like an Uber or a Lyft or something like that, maybe a local one that's kind of smaller but more well-known in the kind of Canadian market. Right. If you got a partnership going with them where it's like, if we get, you know, X amount of hits, you get X percent off your ride. Yeah, I mean, and that would be something like that would be really smart because, like you're saying, there needs to be transportation to the game really needs to get ramped up over there. It's been bad, and that was one of the reasons that they point pinpointed that attendance was down because it's hard to get in there. There's a lot of traffic, a lot of congestion, and like you're saying, the public transportation in the past hasn't been available, and now I think it's more so. At least that's what I've been led to believe. Exactly. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing to see. You Obviously, you hope for it to succeed, but the past hasn't really been kind to the champions or the Rapids or whomever it may be on any given any given year, I suppose. So, it'll be interesting to watch and see how that goes, and hopefully they get their spring office formed soon. That gets all ready, and we'll get more details as it goes along, but it'll be wait and see there. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so now we'll move to the Pacific Association. Where we got a little bit of a beef forming. Oh, a little bit of a beef? Yeah, it goes back to our coverage last week on the situation between the Pacific Association and the Pecos League. Ooh. That new Martinez team, the Mackerels, first off, no one on the city council likes that name. I've seen, like, the Jolting Joes for DiMaggio. Big mackerel guy. I like the mackerels. Come on. We got to do it. That's fishy. <laughs> that was bad. I never claimed to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Any event, so that's the first thing. But the beef really comes between the, those two leagues, like I had mentioned, where you have Andrew Dunn, who is the owner of this Mackerels team, and also apparently the commissioner of the Pecos League. He's the guy that owns like twelve other teams in the Pecos League. Remember that from last week? Yeah, yeah, right. of course, yeah, yeah. Like I said last week, that was sketchy. Still sketchy this week. <laughs> he was saying, as if you remember from last week, how look, it's not very stable. I don't think it's great. All that kind of thing. Well. The commissioner, the newest commissioner, latest commissioner. Ooh, the latest. Uh, the Pacific Association. The post-Fightmaster era. Look, you got to be there for a couple of years to be considered an era. Look, look, Theo Fightmaster, a great guy. A couple of months does not count. Great guy, come on. Any event, so Stone goes out and he says, well, in the past nine years, 11 teams have failed in the Pecos League and, have a better, and we have a better track record. Also, he took offense to Dunn's comments and he responded by saying, our league has integrity and is very professional. As to imply, the Pecos League is neither professional nor has any integrity. Am I supposed to argue with him? Is that is I that mean, something like, I'm supposed right to be doing now, here? It's honestly, it's just watching a couple of kids that are stupid fight. That's what it looks <laughs> like. Right, and they're throwing rocks at each other, you know, little Not pebbles. even, they're just throwing mud at each other. <laughs> they're just, it's mud wrestling. It's like yelling. Yeah, they're just wrestling the mud. Then here's the thing. For him to say, we have integrity and we're professional, it's as laughable as the Pecos League to say that. Right, because don't they play in, like, public parks? Exactly, the same thing. It's like, he's, each one of them, the Pecos League is more stable. Well, of course the dude's going to say his own league is more stable. Right, and who's going to say, no, and, it's not stable. Yeah, and uh, it's like, oh, I'd love to join him, but uh, our league's more stable. Well, while you're not wrong, it's not like you're a beacon of stability either. It's... Honestly, the best way to describe a lot of this is it's a lot of throwing stones while you live in a glass house. A lot of it is that. Yep, a lot of it is that. And you, you just can't be doing that because you're begging. You're begging for it to go wrong. 
like half the places where these teams are, you never even heard of them. Uh, you never heard of them, and this is just silly. I mean, let's be honest here. This is silly. There's no need for this. This is ego. They're going back and forth because, uh, you know, their egos got hurt. And, uh, you know, I get it, right? I mean, they're competitive guys. They, they both want their leagues to succeed. They're probably better off succeeding in, uh, you know, some kind of partnership or some kind of at least mutual respect mm. rather than, uh, you know, going at one another. It doesn't seem like the right thing to do uh, or the smart thing to do from a business perspective, because as we've said before, it's not like these two leagues are exactly, you know, the Atlantic League or the, even the Frontier League. They're not even close to those leagues. And because of that, you know, it's not really the, the time to be, uh, you know, going at one another, because if you misstep here and your league folds and you need a little bailout like the Can-Am League got, well, it's because they had such a good relationship with the Frontier League. If I'm the Pacific Association, I'm going, I have, what, four teams, maybe? Five teams? About four teams. About yeah, four they got teams. The, the stupid name team and with the Dogecoin. Oh, uh, yes, they the Dogecoin, yeah. They got the Silverados, they got the Admirals, the fourth team they got, uh, I don't recall All the right, fourth so, team, you know, they th- got four. Yeah, three, three or four teams there. I mean, you, that's not a that's not a league that's going to be viable if you're going to say four teams. Yeah, no, so, I mean, you got if you're not, you know, be going after leagues that might have to save you in a couple of years from, you know, really completely losing all your teams and folding. I don't know if I would. Uh, well, with all honesty, the the uh, the Pacific Association probably should just merge. With the new uh, Western League, probably, yeah. yeah, not the not the Pecos League summer or winter league, but the other one, the one that's got the Henderson team in it, right, right, yeah, Western Pro, the new one that's yeah, just the Western Pro off. League, the one, yeah, the, one, the league that's not going to get off the ground this year because it has one team, right, yeah. If you merge with them, you stole a Pecos League team or two, then you may have a decent league, even though all three of those leagues are like the very same. So I mean, it's. It's just such a stupid thing to be going back and forth on at the moment. Yeah, it is very childlike uh, to be going back and forth. There's no need to. Uh, I think it should be more about trying to forge partnerships uh, with these clubs and organizations and people that are, you know, the guy owns 12 teams, you know, hey. (laughs) It's one thing if it's like, say, the American Association of the Atlantic League that has beef with somebody. They can survive it. Oh, yeah. they're, They're fine. But when it's like the Pecos League going after stuff, it's like, dude, you're not. And the thing is, is that when the when they're trading barbs that are both blatantly true, like no yeah, one's going to argue with out them. All the problems you're just both of you. You're just pointing out with your flaws, and yeah. the flaws are are on both sides. <laughs> yeah, to cut your nose to spite your face. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's such a stupid thing to be doing, but yet here we are. They're doing it. Here and we are. Hopefully, it gets figured out. But I just don't see that happening. Yeah, it's uh, quite quite silly, like you said. So I think we kind of covered that well enough, and we can kind of move the last of the major stories of the day. But it's going to be a very, very fun one as we have more MILB talk. Ooh. We have Senator Blumenthal from Connecticut. He is now the guy that's truly leading the charge against this MILB reduction. The whole Ooh, yep. stupidity of that that we've called attention to a lot. And I feel like the best way to describe his feelings on it is just to read you his quote from the Harvard Chronicle. We'll link the uh, Baseball Digest version of it, which is where I'm getting the quote from on the show notes here, but you can collect to find the article on that page. He goes, The purpose of this plan is very simple. It is enhancing and fattening the bottom lines and profits of Major League Baseball. That's it. Purely and simply greed. Putting minor league baseball on the chopping block solely for more profits without care to the 
to the communities or families or charities that will suffer as a result. He adds, We have strong allies, and just to put this in a way that Major League Baseball will best understand it, since its interests seem to be in dollars and cents, we will revoke its antitrust exemption as a weapon here. So if it understands nothing else, it should understand that the antitrust exemption for Major League Baseball is at risk if they persist with this misguided, deeply unfortunate plan to cripple Minor League Baseball for more profits. I think we know where he stands. Yeah, we, yeah. tell me how you really feel, huh? I mean, he's... Uh, Not mincing words. No, he's going he, straight out saying, he went, this is such a terrible idea, and we will go for it. And that's what you need to do. I mean, yeah. th- this is showing leadership. It really is. Because if you let this happen, as he states, uh, you know, very eloquently there, you're going to destroy communities that are revolving in some way around these baseball teams and relying on them for, you know, charities and on all these other things that create an ecosystem that is a community and you're removing a major part of it, it can have an impact that really, you know, both emotionally and physically harms the community. And I think that is something that's just not being taken into account or just cared for at all by Major League Baseball. So you need to, you know, threaten them with some action like taking away their antitrust. Exactly. You need to incentivize them to not do something stupid. Yeah, I agree. Also, he goes on to say that we will look at the minimum wage exemption that they have, which basically says they can play the, pay their affiliated minor leaguers below minimum wage. Right. So that's also another thing that would cut into their line. And they said, we'll look at the number of visas that the sport gets. So oh, that would wow. hurt. That would hurt. That would hurt. That a would lot. be bad. I mean, and so the, that, that's the thing, right? Like, Ma- Manfred and others in Major League Baseball have to, you know, be very careful here because the, I think, I don't think they're bluffing. And I don't think there's too many people who would side with Major League Baseball on this one. This is a bad move all around. And I think most people, I think this is the one thing that could bring, uh, you know, the very divided political climate that we have. You can see a lot, uh, Across the aisle here. This is one of those times where I think it's a little bit of grandstanding to make a point because this a is a bit. very slam dunk one where people, they're not going to look at the larger scheme or anything about it. They're right. just going to go, well, I lost my team. Right, of I course. see why. And to be fair, there's not too much more to that. Right. I mean, it, I mean as Blumenthal put it, it's the fat in the bottom line. That's right. entirely it because everything entirely. else they want, they could just do it themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just, it's a such, I like the move. I like just yeah. coming out directly at it because he's just saying what we're all thinking. Yeah, oh, 100%. And it is, it's is—it's political grandstanding. Obviously, this is trying to rally support for this in some way. But I think this is what you have to do at this point when you're dealing with a major, major uh, organization like Major League Baseball. Mm. There's also other things here because Major League Baseball did respond to it. They said, we're still, we're still going to support somewhat of a dream league, which still is very vague. There's no real details about it, nor does it detail what support means. So it could be monetary support. It could just be helping them get advertisers. It could just be allowing them to use their branding. It could be anything at all. It could be giving them secondhand equipment for all we know. And really what the, you can't really define support. Nope. There is no definition for that yet. Also, and this is a, a dubious claim at best. Ooh. Major League Baseball is claiming that the MILB owners won't even consider renovating their facilities. Now, keep in mind, Major League Baseball has not given them any sort of a renovation guideline. So I imagine it went, you have to renovate your stadium. Okay, what do we have to do? Well, we don't know yet. 
Yeah, I'm sure it was something like yeah. that. I mean, like it, you're not going to guess and check when you're dumping hundreds of thousands of dollars into a stadium. Right. Only to be told, oh, you didn't do it right. You didn't do what we wanted. Yeah, you didn't so do now what it's we money wanted. down the drain. Yeah, so now you got to do this other thing as and well. Rip out all the things you just did. Yeah, because yeah, we don't like it. Yeah, yeah, no, this is that's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, yeah. to, and to say that they're not open to it is again a farce because they would certainly be open to it if you were willing to give them the financial support that they needed yeah. to do this. Like, I gotta believe from that. The, they're not even willing to consider it is well you made outlandish demands that right. can't be possibly met like look we need to put in a $500,000 weight training set no minor league team can afford that right yeah we, we need you to put it in a state of the art uh, athletic training facility and with a full pra- rehab thing with yeah. like the uh, what is it the new cryotherapy <laughs> yeah, thing full, we need all that in we need there. a cryo chamber we need a, we need a full training facility for, for the minor league players yeah <laughs> like, like that's the thing <laughs> yeah I mean like if you're not being reasonable then how the hell are they supposed to meet in the middle? Of course. And and also, you have to think about it this way. If they're getting these demands, quote-unquote, from Major League Baseball to do all these renovations, they should be receiving some kind of support. If Major League Baseball is saying you have to do this, yeah. then they should be receiving some type of, even if it's a small monetary stipend, they should be getting that to aid in the process exactly. and the burden of making these stadiums I mean, They're already better. getting a great deal by just outsourcing all their work. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're outsourcing the development of their players in a way where it's still technically in-house, Te- but it's more yeah. of like a vertical integration type thing or horizontal integration type thing. Absolutely. Where it's technically not us, but it's us. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you're going to do that, then you gotta toss them some more money than just salaries or whatever. Right. You gotta let, you gotta help them out here. Especially if you're dealing with renovations because they're so expensive and there's so much that and can go still, wrong. Exactly. And, it's just such a project on every front for every different thing. And it's just, it's not right. No, it's yeah. not right. And it's again, Major League Baseball, we've talked about it many times, you know, trying to strong arm minor league baseball because they have way more power than they do. Oh, 100%. Any event, <clears throat> Major League Baseball also said uh, some things that were going to be fun that we're about to go off on. Oh, boy. They said, the goal isn't to eliminate any club, and there is a plan for every club to continue operations with some support. So basically what they had also said in there was, uh, like, the Norwalk team, I think it's like Norwalk, uh, Narwhales, or whatever, is the, the team that would be yeah. closest or would be in uh, Blumenthal's district. Right. They could continue in the Dream League. Right, they can and continue they in the Fugazi League. Yeah. yeah, the Fugazi Dream League that you know is somewhere yeah. in outer space that's going to get you know put together somehow because all these teams totally have all the money to be able to go into a random league that doesn't have uh, any advertisers and the MLB is going to tentatively support from the sidelines and go, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, I imagine the version supports again. Well, you could just use our branding. Yeah, you can use our branding. We'll give you. It costs we'll give us you some, nothing. We'll, we'll we'll pay for the baseballs, like you know. Nah, baseballs are expensive. That's right, they are really expensive. So you could use the branding. We got some equipment. Maybe we'll send down to you. Yeah, we'll send you some bats that aren't broken. Yeah, you know, just some. Some, some might be broken. Stuff, you know, some might be broken. They got another two or three hits in them. They're fine. <laughs> I mean, and that's the problem, right? And and that's the the issue with this. And also, it it makes it seem like. Independent league baseball is also so illegitimate to major league baseball. Like, oh, you can just form a league. Like, these leagues haven't been scrapping and fighting for years. I mean, yeah, just look at the Frontier League. The Frontier League. Since what, 93? They've been fighting around? Can-Am League, you know, and the Frontier League. I mean, even like the Atlantic League, they started in what, about 96, 97? And 98, something like that. Yeah, right in there, late 90s. And even now, they've worked so hard to get to the point where they're at. And even still, they're kind of like, oh. 
a lot of people don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're know? just scrapping and clawing. I mean, and they've tried so hard for years and they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. We'll throw it together, slap together this hapdash league and you know, that'll be fine. Yeah. Because we'll promote and we'll do all the shit. Yeah. It'll be you fine. Know? Yeah. We'll, we'll do it. And then, and then they won't. Uh, and then. Or they'll, no, no. They'll do it half ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. They'll do. they'll do a very poor job of it. Yeah. And then that'll be it. They'll throw up a couple of in-game ads at the ballpark, probably run a couple of TV spots for it, and maybe blitz them with social media real quick. And they'll do that a handful of times a year. Yeah, and they'll call it good. Exactly. And then they'll go, oh, wow, we're only attracting 3,000 a game. I wonder why that is. What do you mean we're only attracting 3,000 a game? It's not like we only... Then they'll claim that the average attendance actually went up. Oh, right. Because what will happen is there'll be less teams there. And they'll only pick the markets that already were at about 2,000 with like double A ball. Or not double A, but like single A or high A ball. Yep. That was short season. And then they'll go, well, look... We averaged higher, but what they neglect to show you is the fact that they picked the good markets and put better players there. And, and not to mention what it would do to like the Atlantic League. I mean, it would almost make it like irrelevant. Like, I mean, yeah. You, you, well, all right, they're planning to try and steal some teams from them. I guarantee you, they would try. Yeah, they would try, and then it would make it you know very difficult to because I mean, if you have like the Trenton Thunder <laughs> that are you know playing here, or you go to the the Somerset Patriots. And it's, you know, I mean, it's I mean, obviously you're gonna see the same quality far, of play, but you're going to see the same quality of play and it's the same state and couple, you know, maybe an hour. So, I mean, it just, it's one of those things where the uh, MLB is again out of touch with what people oh, yeah. want and what and the average baseball fan wants. If they keep going on this, it will honestly be more destructive than the 94 strike. It will be way more destructive. You lost already when you did that. You lost ground and we're no longer America's pastime at that point. Now it is football. And I don't think many people really want to dispute that. There'll be some that will still go, it's America's pastime, but let's all be honest. Well, the, the highest rating right now, I think is basketball, but I, I, I will, I well, basketball's w- ratings actually dropped a little. Oh, bit. have they? But, but it's I, still, at one it's point still they high, were, but right, yeah, yeah, but still, it's not like that same cultural type of but thing. But I that, think you're right. Culturally, I think football has surpassed baseball. I don't think it's unfortunate, but I think you're right. Yeah. And they have, and it's because of mismanagement. Yeah. And this, the thing to it, you do this, basketball will leapfrog you again, and you're going to fall back into the three spot. I still believe that the two, because especially the time of year they play, there's nothing else, and they have a monopoly on the summer, and then there's the hype and the buildup right into where your championship is really end of October, right when NBA is starting, right when you have NHL starting. Now, football's been going on for a little bit, but you're at the point of the year where there's a handful of teams like, oh, cool, season's done. And then you have the other handful of teams where it's like, oh, we're just skating still. There's only a few teams there that are really like competitive battle, battle right. back and forth. Plus, World Series probably beats out some random Thursday night game that's like the Jets versus the Jaguars or something <laughs> yeah. that nobody wants to see because no one cares. Right, that nobody cares about and two teams that are mediocre. But yeah, no, I, I think that you're absolutely correct that baseball, uh, at least at the major league level, is certainly a very viable product still. I mean, but oh, it's yeah. only viable because it has, as we've talked about many times in the show, the roots that go all the way down through the affiliated leagues into the independent leagues. And that's where it all starts is here with us in the independent leagues. The same way you develop players is the same way you develop fans. And that's going to hold true. So the more you screw over the development process of fans the more you're just screwing yourself over in the long term. I agree. It's all that's going to happen. Essentially, you're killing your golden goose yeah. to just get a couple eggs right now yeah. instead of just waiting it out. And it's just it's never a good idea 
to mortgage the future for the now. Agreed. It's never a good idea. And again, it just shows that Manfred does not care about these teams. He doesn't care about the players. He doesn't care about any of it. He just cares about making money, as Blumenthal said. And, you know, that's a problem. Yeah. Which at the same time, though, we keep bringing up Manfred. I do also want to bring up here that keep in mind he works for the owners it's so the true. owners are just as culpable oh the all owners are more so culpable because you know the owners yeah. could pay he's following the directive yeah i mean he said increase our bottom line any means necessary so he's just going out there and doing that he's doing his job as a barrage balloon now granted you know he's still the guy he's the point man he's the point man but uh, he has bosses he i mean yes he, he in, in a sense he is certainly working for the owners here but i think the owners it, they need to understand and Manfred needs to understand that doing this is only going to hurt the game. It's only going to create resentment. It's not going to make people want to go to a baseball game. You're not going to, if your team gets ripped away from you in Norwalk, Connecticut, you're not going to drive the you're couple have hours. View of baseball. Yeah, you're not going to drive the couple hours into the city. I don't even know if it's a couple hours, probably an hour into the city to go see uh, a Yankee or a Met game because you're going to be annoyed with it because you're going to say, when they, man, they took away what was so important to me in my community, in my team. I, I don't want to deal with them anymore. I'm good. I mean, yeah, all you're doing is going to build up resentment for the game. Yeah. And I mean, you got to be aware of that. There's no way you could be totally... I mean, it really is. It's it's monopolized. I mean, obviously, it's a monopoly, right? Um, you know, it's baseball. But you're dealing with uh, a sport that is very much could be in the rise on the lower tiers and is in decline on the higher tiers. And it's because people want that one-on-one, the cheaper one-on-one kind of, not one-on-one, but a smaller environment, more, yeah, that's it, more intimate of an experience. And then they're not getting that in a major league stadium. So now I I definitely, as we've talked about numerous times on, on the show, I just do not think that this is a good move for major league baseball. And I love major league baseball. I love, uh, obviously independent league baseball and I love MLIB and I really, hope it all gets worked out in a way that is beneficial for all parties but if the mlb's got to take a little bit of a hit they are the uh you know cash cow with enough money to take a little survive. bit of a hit. they'll be more than good to survive well in any case so there'll be more talks resuming fairly soon the article came out on the 31st of december and it said talks will resume in the new year i assume starting next week as this week was kind of a wash in that regard right yep so i assume we'll see talks starting again uh this upcoming week but any case we got a couple of smaller stories just to cover an announcement or two to make and then we'll be just about done for today but first off let's start by saying this is kind of a trend of a thing as we discussed a couple weeks back how the atlantic league players couldn't get their data from the league if you are in the california winter league you will get your data because they're going to start collecting data too they'll be collected by yakker tech I haven't heard of it, but I'm not much in the tech sphere, so I wouldn't really know. Right. Any case, so they're going to have their data collected. So I assume all that advanced numbers, you know, bat speed, launch angle, all those spin rate, all yep. that kind of stuff, that'll all be recorded. And if you want your data at the end of the workout, they will give you your data. I assume either they'll email you some sort of a zip file or give it to you on a flash drive of some sort. Any case, the data will be available to the players. Now, granted, they're saying that. Who knows if they'll actually do it? But so far, I got to think that they're, they'll probably do it because it will help them because their whole thing is if we move guys to actual affiliated teams, we do better. And there really is no 
winter ball in the United States. It's huge. Yeah, we can right. take this market. We're probably already the biggest there. So yeah. it would make a lot of sense for them to do so. It would make a lot of sense. Yes. Yep. So uh, for guys that are going to be going into these workouts with the California Winter League, if you do get your data and everything, DM us or contact us to tell us that you got the data because I'd like to report back on this in a couple weeks or a month or how whenever your tryouts start and start to, to wrap up. I'd like to be able to say, yeah, no, they actually fall through with it. And at that point, then we could go to the Atlantic League and go, see, was it that hard to get players their data when it's just sitting there available in a file? Right. I mean, and that's definitely what needs to happen. So, yeah, if we could get that information as soon as possible, that would be great. So this way we can say, all right, now we got one organization willing to give you mm. your data we need the other one the big one to give you the data uh so that the players have autonomy over what they need so keeping with the sports trend we'll go to the second thing on here the abs or automated balls and strike system that one it's sports techie thing a couple weeks back uh we saw they got nominated for a sports techie in outstanding innovation it won that category and it beat out uh basically the way the astros track their balls and everything not the whole camera setup thing, but the actual analytics they use, right. all that type of thing. Uh, Bioanalytics or performance analytics, basically, it's recording heart rate and just basic bio things. So it's more another in-depth layer of analytics. So there's that. And also it beat out load management, which we saw start to take place in the NBA. Right. How you kind of track guys, manage their minutes throughout the year. So that way, you know, some games they just don't play. So that way they're more rested later on in the year. Yep. And the last thing it beat out was virtual sports, which is different from esports because esports is just basically video game playing. Virtual sports requires a physical component to it. And it's virtual reality sports. So Ooh. like you'll be on like a treadmill or a bike performing the sport while you're not actually like You'll find like a VR set. Right. And it could have you running like a, or performing a triathlon. So you'll be running on a treadmill, then you'll be on a bike. And I'm not sure how they managed to do the swimming aspect of it, but they'll figure out some way. You lay on the floor and you get going. Yeah. You still go through the physical actions of doing it. So it's like a advanced esports type thing. You know, that's interesting. Uh, I think that's more of a bigger thing for like major, like metropolitan areas. Because yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to do like kind of a, a New York road running type thing where you're doing marathons every day right, throughout the right, city. Right, yeah. It's difficult to do that when you just don't have the space. Yeah. You got so, well, your one big one and then that's it. <laughs> exactly. Where you just can't afford to close down the city for that many. Right. You know, so a lot of different tech things that it beat out. So, you know, it's the yeah, way of the future. And certainly. I think we kind of saw that coming with yeah. the umpire story from what was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before, but yeah, definitely that was a good one. And, uh, yeah, I expected them to win. I really did because yeah. it's, uh, it's hot right now and MLB just adopted it. So, hmm. all right. So then the last of these, uh, kind of minor stories we have for the day. So there's a little bit of a situation in Milwaukee. We've talked about before briefly because frankly, nobody cares about stadium naming rights. But currently is without a name. There's a whole big to do where they put up the naming for routine field before everything was signed. So there's a whole, whole big problem with that. But now Milwaukee Stadium is now unnamed is Milkman Park or Milkman Stadium. I forget the exact title. Uh, The branding varies on their site, but currently it's without a name. They're trying to get a local Wisconsin based Milwaukee based uh franchise to sponsor it they want it sponsored by opening day they're currently in some talks however i have a suggestion oh boy here we go mr Zerman, you run this team you could go with one of these 
well-known regional brands that would help out in that area. Or you could think bigger picture. Big picture. You could go with an international brand. International. You could go with one that reaches hundreds of people each week. No doubt. And it would really help make this Milwaukee franchise go from a regional thing and at best a statewide thing, meaning United States. Right, of course. To a global enterprise. Oh, a global enterprise. And all you would have to do to do this. Landing on thick. Is you would just have to name your field. Indie Ball Report Field. (laughs) And we are international. We have listeners in Australia. Appreciate them. We got some in Canada. Appreciate them. And various other nations. Yeah. So we're not wrong. It is international. We are. And we'll take it to the next level. We are international and we'll, we'll take it to the next level. You know, we'll get a little, maybe we'll get a little, you know, GoFundMe going, uh, something like that. Let's get a little something going here. So I want to know how much is it going to cost to have that put on there? Even if it's only for a little bit. One day. Let's give us one game. I just want one game. Just put our, put our branding up there. One game. I think it'd be fun. We'd love to promote the Milwaukee Milk. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you'd love to have us promote you more. I think this could be a very, very good relationship. Uh, I think it'd be quite symbiotic. Quite symbiotic. And so I'm just throwing that out there. I'm sure all the American Association fans do agree. Of course. Of course. And I'm sure all the indie ball fans and players agree. Uh It would be, it'd be a (laughs) triumph for the community. And you got, (laughs) what are these teams if not? Pillars of the community. That's right. Pillars of the community. Uh, you know, in all seriousness, uh, you know, for a, for a game or two, I, I'm definitely open to, to seeing if we can work something out with the milkman there and uh, get our get our name thrown up there. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, just to, especially if, they, if their negotiations go into the season. Um, I think that would be really cool. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that uh, we'll see if we get any response back from from them on that one. Like I said, just throw out a price. Throw out a price. Pinch the Blue Crab Stadium. Okay. In Milwaukee, <laughs> out in Franklin, Wisconsin, a suburb of Milwaukee. Look, P- Pinch is a legend. He's a folk hero. All right. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. All right. We'll go into the announcements a bit and then we'll uh, wrap it up. So, first announcement I put up a poll on the Instagram the other day as to what the next article written will be. It was either me to complain about Manfred and why everything he's doing is terrible. And how it's going to impact so negatively on baseball. Or some predictions for the 2020 season. And it was a 15 to 16 vote in favor of predictions. It was very touch and go for a while though. The Manfred one was leading. And then out of nowhere came a surge. And with about a half hour left, I called it before the story post disappeared. And yeah, so it was very close. There you go. Both of them will probably be written. It'll probably be a one-two type thing. Uh, the Manfred one will just wait out a little bit, which is probably for the best. Get some more light on the situation. See right. how that starts to trend. the negotiations, yep. Yep. See how that starts trending when we get close to the spring training and into that. Uh, and the predictions are probably a little bit more timely, too. So we'll try to get that up over the course of the next week to 10 days. So start get busy on that. And it'll be predictions not for the 2020 season, but just for the 2020s as a decade and what you could see happen in indie ball throughout the whole thing. I'll try to get one. I'm trying to get 10 in total because 10 decade, you know, it kind of fits. I like it. I like it. Yeah. It won't be like specific to a year or anything, but we'll, you'll see it when it comes out. The second announcement, which is kind of a big one. It's a fun one too. Ooh. We are finally going to have a third member of this show, but only for one episode. 
We are going to have ALPB News joining us. We He's, are. We're going to go through the Atlantic League rules from the past year. We're going to break them down, discuss them, and get our full thoughts on them. We did something similar to that at the end of the regular season for them during the uh, championship one. That was the last recording. That right. you know, was very sad that that got lost. Yeah, obviously not great. Yeah, no, it was a very fun episode too. That's what annoys me because we had a really good conversation. We were flowing pretty good and. It was a fun hour to do. It was a great hour, and it's unfortunate that we didn't get to have that one up, but you know what? We're going to have them back, and uh, exactly. this will be good. And this is going to sound so pretentious and self-righteous. It's going to sound like really inflating our ego right now to over-glorify what's essentially a family room with a soundboard in it, but we're going to have them in studio. Oh, we're having them in studio. I know. Our studio, that's a family room. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. For the other people that were contacting us that want to be on the show. I don't have the phone call recording thing yet. I'm going to be getting a part this week and trying to figure that out. And if that goes swimmingly, then all will be well. But if it doesn't, then, you know, we'll have to figure out a new option we'll there. we be but in wait-and-see mode there, yeah. Exactly. So we, I am dedicated to getting you guys on. I definitely want to. I think it would definitely help the show out a lot. I think it would help you guys out a lot. I think for you guys, the listeners in this case, I think you would really enjoy getting these different perspectives from different coaches and scouts and players to get that and helps get a nice, well-rounded view and whatnot. And I think it would definitely be great for everybody involved here. Absolutely. If we're not able to do it, then, you know, we can't do it. Yeah, we're definitely going to give it our best to figure it out. Uh, Obviously, there is a lot of that goes into that, but we'll give it a go and uh, we'll get back to everybody soon on it. Uh, I do think that it's something, like you're saying, that is really important to what we want to do moving forward in terms of producing really high quality content uh, for our indie ball fans. Exactly. You don't want to do something that's slapdash and and half-hearted. If you're going to do it, you want to make sure it's done well. You want to make sure it's done right. Uh, because especially with like uh, the kind of medium that we are on where it's solely really just audio based where right. if it's not done right if the audio is not good then it really ruins the whole thing and especially if you don't get it right in the beginning because within the first 10 seconds someone makes a decision as to whether or not they're going to listen for the next 45 minutes or so on so it has to be done right it has to be done well and it has to be entertaining so absolutely. if it's not that then you know yep absolutely so yeah so he will be on and he should be good to go for next week's episode unless something comes up unforeseen on either our end or his end but that does not seem to be happening right now we look forward to that and hopefully it goes really well which i totally expected to absolutely i think it's gonna be great it's gonna be great for everybody to hear his perspective he's a really thoughtful guy when it comes to the atlantic league so it's gonna be great to have him on uh next week Exactly. So I think with that, we can kind of plug and get out of here. Uh, as you know, you can find us on Twitter at Indie Ball Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Indie Ball Report. Uh, I mentioned the poll that I put up there. So you definitely want to follow there to get involved with the polls. Also on in- on Twitter, I do tweet out some stuff, retweet a lot of stories and whatnot. I can kind of give you some context clues as to what we'll be discussing for that week or just some stories that are interesting or fun things that normally will wind up going on there. So definitely subscribe to both of those or follow on both of those you can subscribe to the show however on TuneIn, stitcher spotify itunes apple Podcasts, really at google play uh really any place you can find podcasts we're on there at least we should be on there now so all is well on that front uh if you want to see everything that we put up uh, youtube videos which are on our youtube channel indie power report podcast on youtube uh so you want to see those videos you want to see the articles like the one i mentioned earlier you want the episodes all in one place, the show notes that I mentioned way earlier in the show. Really, anything that we produce, that's on the website, www.indieballreport.com. 
So everything is available there. And yeah. Yep. Just make sure everybody that you subscribe. Uh, if you like the show, you know, rate us, uh, review, follow, review, follow, email us, let us know that you like the show, what you like, what you don't like. We're always happy to hear from everybody. Um, and it's been, you know, a lot of fun to do this and we're really looking forward to getting ready for next season. We're starting to ramp up and getting some things prepared. So, uh, as we get closer to the season, please be reaching out consistently. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. Just like if you're a player in the California Winter League, we do want to hear if you do wind up actually getting your data because I want to see if this is just an Atlantic League problem or this is a systematic one. Also, uh, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the show, so we'll probably do something special for that. It's actually about a month away from this show. Yeah, so it's coming up. We're getting so there. Looking forward to getting that one out and done. So that'll be fun to do. It'll be great. Yep. Do we have anything else left to add? Nope. All right. So then we'll end this show like we end every show. Don't forget to play ball. <laughs> <laughs>